so this is uh this is this is new um i've not done an episode of uh, fuck this week where it's just me streaming by myself on youtube um but i thought you know what it's easier to do this it's easier to to stream it audio wise than it is to just record it and then have to like export it and upload it and i don't know if you if you know anything about uh streaming and audio editing and video editing you'll just know basically i am saving myself about two or three hours not having to fuck with all of that shit and just stream it so um anyway <laughs> enough of that uh that admin uh shit out of the way um thank you very much for joining me for this episode of aid thompson and other disappointments it's episode 32 and it is a fuck this week edition um, which, if this is your first time listening to one of these, um, essentially what it is, is just me talking to myself for an hour, like a fucking madman. Um, but it's it's one of these things where I, you know, I want to keep providing content and commentary um, and sort of riffing on things and having some fun with it. Um, and I, at, at this stage of the podcast, uh, it is quite time consuming um, to constantly be engaging with people, trying to get guests and trying to think of angles to talk about and uh so it's, it's just a bit easier perhaps if i do an episode once a week where i'm i'm just riffing on the shit myself um and uh and, and sharing some thoughts so if if this is of interest to you uh, if you've listened to one of these before then um uh then welcome back and if not if this is your first time then well you you're very welcome pull up a seat crack open a beer Let's uh, let's pull the news stories of the last few days apart together. So what's on the what's on the itinerary this time, right? Um, there was there was a news story <clears throat> uh, yesterday or the day before about Boris Johnson applying pressure on President Biden uh, to to delay the withdrawal to. Um, to, to give us just a little bit more time to get more and more people, which is an admirable call to make. Right. I'm not. I'm not criticising Boris Johnson for attempting to uh, delay the withdrawal a little bit longer and to have the American forces there doing whatever it is that they're doing at, uh, at Kabul airport to to necessitate to support us in getting as many people out as possible. I get that. I understand that. Um, the the thing like the the interesting part about it is is this sort of narrative that gets spun where it's like. Prime Minister Boris Johnson uh, will apply pressure on President Biden to, and in one one news report I saw they actually they described it as well the Prime Minister Boris Johnson will use leverage on President Biden. Like I'm like, are you for real? Like what <laughs> what with World War Two Churchill fantasy are you living in, where the Prime Minister Boris Johnson gets to apply pressure? on the u.s president that is fantasy that's like it and, and i i sort of get why they do it it sort of taps into that whole like world war ii churchill blitz spirit thing that we are fucking obsessed with in this country i mean how often how often do you see um uh do you see news stories like whether it's brexit or covid you know uh, or like keep calm carry all, all of that sort of blighty blighty world war ii uh uh type of of speaking and marketing and approaching problems uh, like serious domestic and international problems we approach it with this sort of weird dated blitz spirit um so i get why they would obsess over the special relationship i just think it's like like do, are you doing yourself a disservice journalists are you expecting us to take you seriously if you really like if if you're trying to portray Boris Johnson as having any credibility on the world stage and applying pressure on fucking President Biden? Like it's like one of those situations where you you the 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 weaker of the two parties uh, tries to style it out as though they're actually the stronger one. <laughs> you know, like it's like when you've got a friend of yours who's who's clearly not wearing the trousers in the relationship and then they try to make it look like, like yeah well you know i told her i wasn't gonna stand for that you're like did you fuck terry you never fucking say anything like that to her she wears the pants we all know it just own it all right um you know there's a real there's a real layer of like when they say shit like boris johnson will apply pressure 
on President Biden to like there's a real all right stand back Chris Brown Rihanna is going to gently apply some leverage here like there's that sort of like uh no I think you've got the dynamics of this ran the wrong way uh and you know what's fucked up is like the the relationship between Boris Johnson and President Biden is uh is is not perfect you know they got off to a bit of a rocky start in in uh, conversations about Brexit I think Biden came out fairly vocally uh, in support of not creating any sort of border in Ireland in terms of being like very sensitive about Ireland and about the Good Friday Agreement and um, I don't think that won him many uh, many fans in the current Conservative Party um, but it's it's like if you look at where we are now with Boris Johnson and Biden and begging and pleading like he will beg like I, I genuinely saw that i think it was in the independent though so maybe it's a little bit lefty but they described it as boris johnson will plead with president biden and it really like like how did we get here how did we like wasn't this bush and blair wasn't this like the like the americans and the brits uh together like bush and blair nodding at each other and shaking each other's hat like yeah we'll we'll go in we'll get this done you know didn't it start off with that sort of Bush and Blair special relationship thing? Like, how have we got to a point where Boris Johnson is now sort of, he will beg and play, like, can we just have a little bit more? You know, and then and then the British media is styling it out like, yeah, he, you know, he'll he'll apply pressure. He'll apply leverage. Like, I'd love to be a fucking fly on the wall of that conversation. It would be Boris Johnson literally saying like, no, no, I don't want to have to get, don't want to have to get tough with you here, Joe. But, uh, and then Biden going like, well, I don't want to uh, embarrass you on the world stage and talk about how Brexit is a pack of lies and you're a proven liar. And I also don't want to drone bomb your fucking family, Boris. Like, and then Boris would just be like, well, uh, it's, uh, good, good to know where we stand. Oh, OK, right. Oh, like it, it, the, the dynamic, the power dynamic between those two is so far apart um, that this idea that, that he could apply any leverage or or pressure on biden just strikes me as fucking lunacy um but we gobble this shit up over here we like we love the the the, the idea of the special relationship we obsess over it in a way that i think is so weird we like fetish fetishize our relationship the british relationship with the with the us in a way that i don't think is healthy and is is frankly odd uh, like do i really think that Italy and France and Japan, like when the US president touches down in their international airports and the media, you know, rightly make a big thing about it, you know, the president of America is coming to visit Japan this week. Like, but do you think they make such a song and dance and fucking wank over it the way that we do? Do you think they constantly like have this sort of British exceptionalism where it's like, we have a special relationship with the world's largest economy a special relationship that other countries simply could not have like really i bet when the us president touches down in all of these places i bet he says the same shit in france and italy and japan and wherever else the congo wherever he goes i bet he says the same shit as he says when he touches down in britain it's like <laughs> it's all like pantomime on our side it's we're just this weird little blitz obsessed island um i don't know it's it's like i tell you what it smacks of it smacks of like that sort of that mate that you make you know when you're like sort of 13 and you just started comprehensive school or whatever and then you make a friend and your friend's all right but he's a he's a bit weird but like you don't you know you're not super busy buds straight away but you you're getting on right He's your mate. He's your new mate. And then he goes around telling everyone, yeah, yeah, Aid's my best friend. Yeah, me and Aid are best friends. You'd be a bit like, eh, all right, fucking slow down, weirdo. Like, that's what it's a bit, that must be what it's like when you're President Biden. You come to the UK, spend a week here having meetings, you meet the Queen, go to a banquet, whatever. Then you get on a plane, you fly home, and then somebody comes up to you and goes, Mr. Uh, Mr. President, uh, Boris Johnson says that uh, you have a special relationship with him and uh, uh like biden must be like uh, all right fine glad glad to be the fuck out of there but uh, all right you know like it's 
I don't know. There's some this there's a layer of British exceptionalism to it and weirdness and American fetish fetishization, which I clearly have a problem pronouncing that. Um I think like we see ourselves in in terms of the the special relationship. I think we see ourselves as this sort of blitz Britain, you know, British bulldog like us and the Americans. And to some extent that is it's not just blitz uh spirit and all, all that shit it's you know when bush and blair were were bffs it was sort of evident then and we have you know a lot of shared uh, very very similar um legal systems and you know we obviously the predominant language that's spoken in both of these regions is english and um you know we have irish a lot of irish heritage in the, in in america and and over here so it's like it's not totally ridiculous to to dismiss that there wouldn't be some kind of you know good relationship there i just think it's weird that we that there's this exceptionalism to it that no other country could possibly have this like australia could have a special relationship on exactly those terms but i don't think they go around pretending that they have it you know so i think the rest of the world while we're busy wanking over fucking footage of churchill and roosevelt and whoever else i think the rest of the world are like wow britain are really weird they're they're mad into america but i don't think america feel the same <laughs> you know um and it's evidenced in american news as well right like it's you know if something big happens in america it's all over the news here if something big happens here fucking nowhere to be seen <laughs> in american news i don't give a fuck yeah there was a shooting in plymouth the other day did you did you hear about that uh no 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 there was uh 36 separate shootings across the united states that day so uh this is you know Low. There was a that, that was a page nineteen story for us. Um, you know the other thing about the special relationship that's weird, and this only occurred to me this week as all of this shit was popping off, is we've we we've left the EU out of this I think misplaced feeling of um, subservience and being disrespected and being being treated like we're a junior partner and you know this is this is the sort of shit that people that brexiters love to spout off is that uh you know we're being oppressed by the eu that we are subservient to them somehow and and, and whatever else so now we've left great awesome off we go but then when you talk about america if it was an if it's an american trade deal we'll We'll bend over back. We'll we'll part those ass cheeks and invite America to horse fuck us in as violent, eye watering method of buggery as possible. Um, the subservience to the U.S. and and the sort of adulation that we afford to a, an American president is is so weird when you think if you if you moved those. Um, the nuts and bolts of an American trade deal and the way that we deal with America and the way that America disrespect us in in ways like uh, abandoning Afghanistan and not cluing all of the, the British forces in. So, so I've read. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. But it sounds like they did not involve the British forces in any of these decisions. And they just sort of went, yeah, well, this is what we're doing. You do what you like. Um, you know, definitely not the sort of behavior that you would expect from a military par partnership. So there's absolutely... the feelings of disrespect there and being a junior partner and being oppressed in the trade deal kind of arena um uh not respecting the fact that the nhs is basically a religion over here and them sort of going you know they, they could approach that trade deal discussion like well you know look we understand there's some sensitivity around nhs and public health care and so we're gonna you know leave it but they don't do that what they do is they go in hard and say yeah we want it implement private healthcare across the uk do you know what i mean so so there's absolutely there's this um this oppression this subservience and we're fine with that with america but if you moved all of that shit over into the eu if it was like yeah the eu want to uh, implement private healthcare, the eu want to um oh we were in a military engagement with the eu but they just fucked us up like oh my god people would lose their fucking minds and shit themselves inside out they would be so angry about it but for, I don't know what it is about about why it's okay with America, but with the EU suddenly there's this this sort of it's like Death Star, like you know, evil empire kind of feel to it. Like I I think that's accurate to say all of that. I don't know how you guys feel about it. 
I feel like that's accurate. We we bend over backwards and invite America to to oppress and to disrespect us, and we just fucking put up with it. Uh, as long as whoever is the prime minister and whoever is the president at the time stand in front of number 10 and smile, then we're just like, ah, oh, bloody love those Yanks. And then that's it. Like, we just let them get on with it. It's uh, it's nuts. And look, I'm not anti-American. I've got American friends. I love America. I've been there. Um, I've, I've been over to New York twice. Um, it's it's the American establishment, if you like. It's it's American government and um, whoever the fuck are, are negotiating the trade deals and you know that sort of things so that the american institutions that i have um uh that i have an issue with um so yeah so there was there was a lot about the special relationship uh this week and and about uh boris johnson laughably attempting to uh, apply some sort of leverage uh i don't know how successful he was with that and i don't know how successful he can be because as far as I know, the Taliban are basically like, no, that's this is the end. You can't you can't postpone the the date that you said that you're leaving. We just want you to fuck off. We're trying, guys. We're really trying to be civil here. And you have to understand that we really want to cut everyone's heads off. We, we're just holding back. We're really gritting our teeth here. Every day we wake up and we're like, can we cut off heads today? Can we throw people off building? No, no, just hang in here, guys, till the 31st of August. And then we can really, you know, fucking just let rip. But we just got to hold it. But you can't push it back any further than that, guys. Come on. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know what the fuck they're going to do or, or if Biden would ever listen to, uh, to Johnson. Um, the other topic I wanted to touch on was authoritarianism. Uh, and a lot gets, a lot gets talked about at the moment with, um, with fascism. And I discussed this on the episode with Super Tansky, which is, uh, I think episode 29, um, we we would you know i said that i felt ridiculous even saying the word fascism because it's such a hysterical hyperbolic word that if you bring it into the political conversation you just feel ridiculous you feel like if you describe the current tory party as fascist then people will just go oh you're being ridiculous oh come on grow up you know it's not fashion but there are elements of fascism. And if you follow Femi on Twitter, then you will know he's been sort of, you know, tick boxing, um, uh, you know, the, the, the telltale, you know, the, the, the boxes to tick to show, to demonstrate that you are living with a fascist government um, and, and it doesn't look good. So um, but when I say fascism with with the current Tory party, I feel ridiculous saying it. And, and authoritarianism is not a million miles away from that, right? But, but so I always say fascism light, you know, L-I-T-E, or authoritarianism light, because we still, to, to a greater or lesser extent, live in a democracy and we have the opportunity to vote in or vote out the government. So, you know, we're not totally doomed at this stage. But, but I do wonder, with, with every week that goes by, it feels like we're chipping away, like we're losing another layer or another uh, piece of, of what used to be a fairly stable Western liberal democracy. And I don't think I'm alone in feeling like that. I think, I don't know, maybe if you if you listen to these podcasts um, uh, or if you follow me on Twitter, you must be vaguely aware that it's that, you know, whether we're talking about jailing journalists for embarrassing the government or if we're talking about criminalizing protests or we're talking about um, even even if we pan back or pan out a little bit more and we go back to when the government confiscated the hard drives at the Guardian's office and then stamped on it or, or did whatever the fuck it was, didn't they destroy it in front of the journalists? Or, like that kind of behavior is like, like, what the fuck do you think you're doing? This is like some North Korea shit. And it, it feels like that's getting worse. It doesn't feel like we've dug ourselves out of that sort of that mentality and certainly not in in you know the last uh what four or six weeks whilst they've been talking about criminalizing protest and and 14 year jail terms etc um but in the last week um i've been sort of sort of wondering if there's some parallels to be drawn between the current authoritarianism light setup of the government and and the relationship that it has with the public and just a bog standard abusive relationship you know, 
like when we're talking about gaslighting and i i never use the term gaslighting not because i i don't think that it exists but because again like i feel like i'm being hyperbolic i feel like i'm buying into a buzzword and i'm being a bit hysterical but if you look at gaslighting for its like by definition in terms of you know trying to make um uh trying to make people um uh, believe that something was um was was different than, than it actually was in in its reality right so i always imagine this in a in a uh, relationship kind of scenario as you know a guy says one thing to his wife and then when she tries to say that he did that then he he then says no i never said that you know like like trying to make her think that the past the reality of the past was actually a completely different thing um and if we look at the way that the government treat the public then it's it's not a million miles off from that you know they do one thing it blows up in the face and then they claim that they never did it so it's it it is exactly that kind of abusive relationship dynamic that we now have and it's fairly cemented you know people will tell you to they're blue in the face that um that they always knew what they were voting for with brexit even though they fucking did, just fucking didn't it's that is a fact that you did not know what you were voting for if you say that you knew what you were voting for and that it was all of this shit that is transpiring uh you are not only the possessor of a crystal ball but you're also a total fucking idiot because like why would you look forward into the future and then see how bad this is and then vote for it i, oh, I don't know anyway so it's like when when we're talking about the way that the government treat the public um and, and this sort of this abusive relationship the thing that stuck in my head this week the, th the reason that i break bring this up is it's it strikes me as incredibly short-termist in the same way that a husband who constantly belittles or cheats on or lies to his wife or you know he spends all of her money or borrows money off her mum and then does you know like a shit husband who treats his partner terribly but then eventually like you might get your way this week you might get your way next week you might borrow money off her and then not pay it back and now whoopee you're up fucking 30 quid you've got that short-term win but eventually this whole shit is going to blow up in your face right and i've seen that happen with friends relationships and you know marriages and shit this is that is not uh, a rare thing you know how many times have you known somebody who's been in a relationship and they always seem to get their own way and they belittle their husband or belittle their wife and cheat on them and blah 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 and they get their own way but eventually there is some massive blowout and then they never get to see the kids again or they lose the house or they you know there is always a correction of sorts where suddenly everything is rebalanced and this is what gets me about this this government is you know we i can sit here and say it's authoritarianism or it's it's ticking all the boxes of fascism and 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 it's worrying um but i sort of have some faith that there will be a correction and that and the thing that that uh, jars me is that when i listen to um these things about jailing journalists or um uh, or criminalizing protest it's like you might you might win this week you might jail a journalist and then maybe i don't know 10 other journalists don't then want to embarrass you or you know you might criminalize this protest well great now you don't have to deal with that protest but then there's gonna be this you know this snowball effect in the back and eventually i'm sorry to say it but it could end up with like rioting and some sort of like um civil unrest situation where the whole thing is overthrown because people will people will kind of take it a little bit people will be like belittled and you know messed about a little bit but eventually they'll get really fucking fed up of it and it's it's a bit like a really you know tired group of people tired and hungry and they start off saying can we you know can we please get some food and you just go no no no, there's no food and then the next day they come back and they're like yeah can we look we we are actually really hungry could, could we just get no 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 still no and then you know after the after the fifth or sixth day they're gonna burn your fucking house down and take all your food like so it's it's like i, I suppose my point really is that it's you know there's a short-termist mentality and i've talked about this endlessly on, on previous uh episodes that there's a short-termist mentality and win of getting your way with authoritarian policies but eventually um you know i don't want to be too i 
you know, what was I saying earlier about hyperbolic and hysterical language, but there could be some sort of revolution. You know, people will not like if you if you look at the balance of the country, um, this is something that gets piped out endlessly now on Twitter. But if you take the center left and like left leaning parties, the Lib Dems, the Greens, Labour, if you didn't split those votes, you would actually end up with something resembling a majority for progressive policies in the UK. How about that? It's like everyone thinks that we're doomed in this sort of weird, mean spirited right wing island. But if you actually got all of the voters for left leaning progressive policies to vote for Labour, like across the board, it would like it, it would show you that actually most of the country are not on board with any of this shit. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I don't know what the solution is. I suppose if I were advising the Tory party at this stage, I'd just be like, look, you're going to you might win this today. You might win this next week. But so, like you need to start thinking about the future because this is going to come back and bite you in the arse. Um, but it, it sort of goes goes in perfectly with um with Boris Johnson's whole shtick, doesn't it? It's like, you know, his credibility is is in the toilet because every single juncture, every decision that he's made since he's been PM has been based or rooted in this like short term win. Like here this is a guy who goes into his office and reads the papers to decide what he's going to do that day. And those papers are written by columnists based on the news yesterday. So yesterday's news is now governing today's actions, which means he's going to try and solve yesterday's problem. Like if yesterday's problem was the pandemic, it's like, oh, oh quick, right? Yeah, we we better fix the the pandemic. But that is a short term thing. The long term way to approach that problem is like, oh fuck, we're pinging loads of people. Well, that means loads of people are getting infected or or gaining exposure to somebody who is infected. Well, what can we do about that? Let's quickly vaccinate more people. Let's do, you know, that is the long-term sensible way to approach a problem like that, is to focus on why so many people are getting infected, not to look at the pandemic and go, oh shit, this columnist says that too many people are getting pinged. Well, I guess we need to fucking shut half the app down or whatever the fuck it was that they did. Like, that is his leadership style in spades is like right okay um a hundred people warned me about this but nah you know it's inconvenient to do that that approach so i'll just do the short term quick you know quick fix solution um i don't know it's um it's it's kind of fucked really like i, I saw alistair campbell's tweet the other day where he called he said Boris Johnson was the worst possible leader at the worst possible time. And I really think that sort of sums it up. Um, it's, uh, you know, he has no credibility. He has this short termist strategy. He's basically sociopathic. He's, like, he's this self-serving narcissist um, who who actually what we need right now is somebody who thinks for the common good. And is not interested in enriching himself and his friends. And somebody who's compassionate. And we've just ended up with this fucking lazy, horny toad. Um, it's like, can we just can we just put a vagina on like a, you know, a carrot for a donkey? Like, put a vagina on the end of one of those and just lead him into a cupboard and fucking lock it. And just let, let Rory Stewart crack on. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Johnson was, uh, he was in the news... Uh, again this morning he went on twitter and he said like with you know the u.s withdrawal and like afghanistan he, he put this thing on twitter saying that he would i think he was going to engage with the taliban in due course uh but then he said we will judge the taliban by their actions not their words because the taliban have been saying you know we're we're not going to roll back women's rights. We're going to do this. And we're basically going to be amazing. We're going to be... The Taliban are sort of styling themselves as the Green Party of the Middle East at the moment. They're just like, yeah, yeah, we're all about women's rights. We are. Yeah, we gave up all the deathy, killy stuff. It's just, uh, yeah, it's going to be great. Um, and so Johnson is like, we will judge them on their actions, not their work. Like this fucking lying slogan addict has <laughs> the fucking temerity. To go on Twitter and go, we will judge others by 
by their actions, not their words. This is like, it's it, like, is he trolling himself? Is he like, who does he think he is? Like genuine question, not like, who do you think you are? But who does he imagine himself to be in his fucking head? Because it's not the Boris Johnson that we all know and see and fucking detest. It's like, it, he's Mr. You know, never keeps to his promises. Uh, Mr. Cheated on and left his cancer wife or cancerous wife. Uh, Mr. Uh, lay down in front of the bulldozers <laughs> who then fucking flew off. The, the people that he committed to lay down in front of the bulldozers for to stop the, the third runway. He then on the day of the vote flew away for a 100% unnecessary meeting. Actually, I think that was in the Middle East, weirdly. Um, and then flew back the day afterwards for absolutely no reason other than to miss the vote. Because he would be called out on it. Um, that's that's how credible this man is in terms of his words and his actions. Um, this is Mr. You know, three hundred and fifty million pounds a week. This is Mr. I refuse to sack anyone, uh, no matter how bad they are, no matter how bad they fail in their commitment to the public. Right, that guy is going to judge you on your conduct. Are you fucking medicated? It is absolute lunacy. That somebody like that should go on Twitter and go, we will judge other people uh, by their actions, not their words. It's like it's like finding out that the hysteria around OnlyFans, like, do you know, OnlyFans stopped doing explicit pornography because they were worried about, like, you know, kids being uploaded on it or, or something like that. It's like finding out the hysteria around OnlyFans. Like, oh, yeah, there might be underage girls on there, guys. You know, it, it's finding out that actually originally came from R. Kelly. It's like, it's, it's important there's no underage girls on there. Well, yeah, it is important, R. Kelly, but I don't know if you're the guy to make that point. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, like I'm not knocking Boris Johnson. Like, we should judge them on their actions, not their words. But Boris Johnson is not the person who can stand up there and say that shit because he has no credibility. Fucking idiot. I don't know. Um, all these precedents, man, all this authoritarianism light and fascism light that I talk about, all the the you know the criminalizing of protest and the, the uh, fourteen year jail terms you know I talk about this stuff a lot I know, um, but the the thing that that worries me about it or the thing that makes me laugh about it is if you were in the Tory cabinet and they said yeah we want to make it hard for journalists to to embarrass us uh, and we want to be able to cancel protests and we want to um, we want to be able to install our own talk like ex-Tory party member as the fucking director general of the BBC. And we want to be able to phone up Newsnight and get make this pulled off the app. Like we want all of this control and this fascism. Like we, this is what we want. Would, if you were in that cabinet, wouldn't you, wouldn't somebody put up their hand and say, um, yeah, have we thought of, at all about how we're going to handle this? when we do get ejected from power because sooner or later i know nobody i know nobody thinks that this is going to happen anytime soon but sooner or later labor will win an election there will be a correction of this abusive relationship with between power and the public uh, and when labor get in you know i like keir starmer and i'd love to believe that the labor cabinet will be moral upstanding citizens and only act in the public good but i don't fucking know who's going to end up in the labor cabinet so wouldn't you be worried as a tory minister shouldn't somebody put up their hand and say isn't there a risk that the next labor government might get in and use all of this shit as precedents and say you know like then, then when we try to arrange protests against their shit or then when we try to do scoops to embarrass them, like, then they just jail people. Like, are we thinking this through, guys? Come on. <laughs> I know that we're not known for our long-term strategic thinking here, but this seems really fucking stupid. Like, isn't there one person in that cabinet that put up their hand and said that shit? Or are they all really as weirdly, like, fanboy sycophant to... to sycophantic, is that a word? To, to Boris Johnson as we're, as we all fear they are. Is that what's happened? Like one guy put his hat like, uh, yeah, it, I, Mr. Johnson, are you sure that we're thinking this through like long? Like what if Labour used the same shit that we're doing against us in like five years? You're fired. You are fired. Get the fuck out. Like, is is that what happens? 
you just dare you deign to suggest that this could come back and bite him in the arse and he's just like i don't like that negativity i like bulldozers i like wrestling things to the ground i like get brexit done positivity blah 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 populism populism that's it um on the subject of uh installing an ex um an ex tory candidate as the director general of the bbc um in terms of you know authoritarianism and uh and all that shit uh what's up mok ultra in the chat um see this is the thing like when you do a stream then you get the chat involved but um uh as i said like i've I'm just doing the stream really out of uh, out of laziness, but I'm I'm happy to chat to people who are on. Um, in terms of the the ex Tory candidate, I think for Hammersmith he was, he, or somewhere around there, um, being installed as the director general of the BBC. Um, let's move on to the BBC being too left wing. So this is something. <laughs> this is something that I saw. I saw somebody's TikTok. Uh, I think it was uploaded last week and I won't name her because I don't want to encourage any, you know, abuse or whatever, but I will just give my thoughts on what she raises in her, in her video. Basically, she said we should defund the, the BBC. So fine. So far, so boring. Uh, and her, her reason for this was because um, she thought it was too left wing and it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be uh neutral, right? Politically neutral. Um, and so I thought, okay, I'll bite, you know, I'll watch the video. So I did. And her her examples of this were, um, yeah, if you go onto iPlayer, then just look at the fucking content that's on there. It's like, it's all, you know, this trans kid is this and cultural appropriation that. And it's just, oh, it's, you know, it's too lefty. You know, what? like, what are we paying for? It should reflect the blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't fucking get this because... <laughs> If you turn on BB, like first, if we're talking left wing and right wing, for me, the distinction there is that we are talking politics. We are talking left wing and right wing from uh, across the political landscape. I'm not talking about entertainment, not talking about what's on iPlayer and the programs that you could choose whether or not you watch them. I'm talking about the way that they report information to you as a voter to inform your decision of who you wish to vote for. That to me is where this is too left-wing or this is too right-wing comes into it. Um, if you don't want to watch something that talks about cultural appropriation, and, and I will give you this, the clip that she gave, I've seen that clip. It's it's supposedly a comedy, and it, I thought it was shit. Um, I thought it was lazy and boring, and there weren't even any discernible jokes in it. I was just like, well, I don't know what this is supposed to be, but it's, it is shit. They've achieved shit with it. Um, but it's it, like that is entertainment. That is programming. That is commissioning. Um, if if we're talking truly like if something is biased or or prejudiced towards the right of the political landscape, you need to be looking at the news. And the news. <laughs> let's talk about how how biased the BBC News is for a minute. Now everyone talks about how like oh I think the BBC is too lefty, and you know then all of the lefties say oh I think the BBC is too right wing. Well, let's talk about news. Um, when Emily Maitlis reported what was happening with Number 10 uh, and Dominic Cummings, um, she was then effectively hauled off the air. Number 10 made a call into the BBC and then she was made to apologise for the monologue that she did as the introduction to that piece. And in the year, or what is it, 18 months since that happened, um, no one has ever made her aware of what was inaccurate within that information that she gave out in the monologue so there is a power thing there where number 10 talk to the bbc and say that is not convenient for us pull her off the air and she was then not on the air the next day and we still don't know if they pulled her off the air as a punishment or if she just said "Fuck this shit i'm taking next like tomorrow night off um but so okay so there's that then we talk about the director general of the bbc who is an ex-tory candidate so and he's not alone, by the way, there are other ex Tories and Tory donors who have been installed into the BBC in incredibly influential positions. Then we look at um, Laura Koonsberg, who is the political editor. Right. So if you have a political editor in uh, any of the, you know, the major news or, or entertainment outlets for ITV, it's Robert Peston. Uh, I forget who it is for Sky now. Um, uh uh, who else should I include with this? Um, it used to be, I think, was Faisal is Faisal Islam? 
was he the guy for Channel 4 News a while ago? Um, Lewis Goodall does it for Newsnight now, I think. Um, but you have a political editor who is supposed to be fairly neutral. Um, and for the BBC, that is Laura Koonsberg. So you might think Laura Koonsberg is super neutral. But there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people out there who think she's incredibly biased, that she can scarcely get through an opening monologue without sucking Boris Johnson off. She can't bring herself to criticise Boris Johnson at all. Like if you follow her on Twitter and Johnson does something uh, uh, questionable, let's be generous with that word. Um, if Johnson's conduct is called into question, uh, if he's recorded lying, if he is exposed as someone who has lied sequential times by Stefanovich, her way of reporting that or referencing it is along the lines of the Prime Minister Boris Johnson has a um, uh, a, relation, a, a certain relationship with the truth. That's all she will say. She will never say Boris Johnson has been exposed as a lie. Like, and, and the video footage of her so basically like fawning over him is... Like, you just can't tell me that with a political editor like Laura Koonsberg and the Tories in the influential positions and Maitlis getting hauled over the coals for the Newsnight stuff, um, that, that the BBC is too left wing. It is absolute nonsense. Um, I'm sure there's other examples that, I, uh, that I'm forgetting. Um, I mean, the fact that Stefanovic's video, which shows sequential uh, instances of Boris Johnson lying, on video like provable with facts that he's lied and therefore broken the ministerial code and should therefore resign this video has now been viewed uh what was it 30 32 million times i think it was yesterday and it's been seen on good morning britain and it's been referenced on sky and but the bbc no absolute radio silence so if the bbc is so left-wing as per this you know this girl's video I like wouldn't they be fucking showing this video like every <laughs> every two minutes it's I mean they never mention Brexit they they scarcely mention it at all if we're talking about the uh the logistics and the supply chain issues that we've got at the moment all of that could be almost directly attributed back to Brexit and I know people love to say shit like oh well there's a lorry driver shortage or it's a global food crisis well to some extent yes there is a lorry driver uh, shortage um but you can't discount the fact that a lot of these lorry drivers would have driven into the UK were it not for country of origin checks, which is going to frustrate things, which leaves them stuck in queues. Um, and were it not for the immigration issues where they would have worked for British companies and now they're like, oh, shit, uh, well, I'm French or I'm Italian or Dutch. Um, so that's going to cause me problems. So no, thank you. Um, some of it goes back to a, a change in tax legislation called IR35, where, you know, a lot of these guys are contractors. And um, for that IR35 tax legislation to come in is actually going to cost them money. And so maybe it's now, I don't know, maybe it's more competitive if they do driving elsewhere in Europe. But um, the the country of origin shit and the freedom of movement thing is a big thing. And it has resulted in... Uh, logistics challenges and it has resulted in food shortages but for the bbc none of oh no, no like all of that is out the window for the bbc it is just like yeah it's just uh it's like the sun it's like the sun's reporting but just slightly more articulate it, it's like they it's just a kooky mystery just came out of nowhere so it'll be like uh food shortages were noticed noticed this morning and it's thought to be the result of the pandemic which was actually supposedly fixed about a month ago but somehow it's still sort of infecting the supply chain and uh oh, oh really so it's nothing to do with break no no shh, don't, don't say brexit um and I, I i sort of get this relationship with with government that the bbc have um you know if we if we pan all the way out back to the Blair days and I think it was the Hutton report where the 45 minute claim about Saddam Hussein um, was exposed as being complete hogwash and the source for that was then exposed I think it was a Radio 4 Today program source um, Dr David Kelly uh, and and so then 
the because it was broadcast on the BBC and because the BBC were effectively humiliated and exposed as being um, uh, government attacking, um, I don't know, and like anti-government propaganda kind of thing. Um, then ever since then, they've sort of, you know, kowtowed to some extent. They've they've really towed the line. They don't want to go in too hard against the government because they've already fucked up internationally and, and torched their credibility. I like I understand that. Um, but I think they're it's like they're on a hiding to nothing. It's like they're they're cozying up to this government who ideologically hate them. So it's like a sort of, you know, a really scared little baby deer being like oh if i just if i just nuzzle up to these rabid wolves then i really think they'll like me no they won't <laughs> you know like it's it's they'll, they'll say well okay yeah if we just have a if, if we have a tory in this position then they'll be happy no no they won't well if we just yank make this off the air then then i, th I think they'll be okay no no they won't <laughs> you know there's not going to be a six month block that goes by where there isn't at least five or six senior tories all saying well you know i think it's uh it's about time we looked at this license fee situation you know they always always go on about it um they they feel threatened by this idea of a public service broadcaster um that is not enslaved by profit that is not um motivated by clicks and views in the same way um as as sort of corporate media would be it's one of our greatest assets really i mean look i don't have to love everything that the bbc produce to know that it is an asset that it's something that we should be proud of that we should use it in a responsible um in a responsible way that that does hold the government to account um and look i i'm i'm not going to say that i'm some huge bbc fanboy where i think that they're beyond reproach and beyond criticism themselves like sometimes i hear about like bbc events that they that they put on and i'm like is that really necessary for a public service broadcaster you know like i'm a bit like why is there an iPlayer app? <laughs> you know, like I, I like the iPlayer app and it's really useful, but I am a bit like, you know, we, you pay 60 quid or 100 quid license fee, whatever the fuck it is. Like, shouldn't that just go on like BBC One, BBC Two, and then a, a couple of radio stations? Like, why does it have to be this big bloated corporation of like Radio One festivals and like, iPlayer apps and fucking the, the other thing that pisses me off about them just while we're on the subject of you know holding them to account and and so on um is is there sometimes they produce stuff that is great and would never be produced by a commercial channel because it wouldn't be commercially viable so i think things like planet earth is is the obvious example it is a nature program it's uh, presented by david attenborough but nature programs are not big sellers, I don't think, with the exception of Planet Earth. And Planet Earth is, I think, has been sold around the world and resold. But it is a BBC production in the truest sense, in the sense that they have they've taken a genre and and given it such slick marketing and perfect production. And they've made it into a product that would never be produced or be given the green light in commissioning elsewhere, I don't think. Um, and it and and they should be applauded for doing that. And it's it's it, it, they've ended up with a great product that everyone fucking loves. People love that show. Um, but why do they need to produce shit like Strictly? You know, Strictly could be made by anyone. <laughs> like it, it, it is a commercial uh, glitzy fucking saturday night show it like why does the bbc need glitzy saturday night shows actually i should probably check is, is strictly on bbc i feel like it is yes it is oh thank fuck for that i really felt like i went like, <laughs> on like a tan it'd be like sort of oh why why do virgin records keep churning out these fucking m&m lp like uh actually he's no he's signed to a completely different label ah still i hate virgin like you know like um so um so yeah, like why why do they need to produce Strictly? Like I know a lot of people love Strictly, and I know it's it's a successful format. But that's sort of my point is it's a successful form. The same with the, the Voice. It's like there was there was X Factor, and there was you know America's Got Talent. Like people know these shows work. They're unadventurous. They're commercial. They're lowest common denominator. I'm sorry if you're a Voice fan or an X Factor fan, but they fucking are. So why does that need to be made by the BBC? It just doesn't. 
like the BBC should be for, you know, public interest and documentaries and, um, you know, a few movies, like things, things that are adventurous that would never be made by a commercial enterprise um, because they have the funding there to do it and they don't have to care if it loses money. So in that sense, I think the BBC, you know, they, there are changes that they could make. They could do a f like fewer Radio 1 festivals. They could make fewer apps. They could probably get rid of like a couple of their TV channels, if I'm really honest. Um, they don't need to be this big bloated corporation that they are. But at the same time, if the accusation is, you know, if, if the question is rather, um, is the BBC too left wing? The answer to that is no, they are basically in the government's pocket at this point because they have to go to the government for funding and they beg the government to not cut the license fee and so on and so on um so no they are they they toe the line with the government um they have tories in senior ranks if you have an issue with the the leftiness of of bbc content that is a completely different discussion and actually it's around your taste of, of the sort of stuff that you like watching it's got very little to do with politics even though they might be talking about some pol political shit within the program does that make sense i feel like that i've taken ages to labor that point and and you know probably like overly do it but hopefully hopefully that made sense um anyway look i've been rabbiting on for 45 minutes now um so i'm gonna say thank you very much again for for listening um especially big thank you to uh to, to sitting through uh, another fuck this week with just me talking i feel like a complete weirdo like talking to myself um but it's you know it's good to get a few more episodes and bits and pieces out there and get some thoughts out and uh and share them with you guys so if you um if you enjoyed this please do like and subscribe and all that other shit that people say at the end of these things and uh give us a comment or a review on your podcast app uh, or just leave something on the YouTube channel and just say, hey, um, following that, I am back on Friday night interviewing a journalist about the cladding scandal and the lease uh, scandals and the future of housing in the UK. So if you're interested in UK property, then definitely give that a check out. And uh, other than that, I will be back for another fuck this week, this time next week. OK, take care of yourselves and each other.